Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to the new moon in Pisces 2 live stream today. I am joined by my good friend, Shannon Aganza. How are you doing today, Shannon? Amazing. <laughs> I am newly in Sedona last night. I'm here for work, so feeling Energy it. vortexes swirling yeah. all around, right? <laughs> Yeah, they're swirling. <laughs> Not always easy. <laughs> sure. Um, so if you are joining us from digital land here, pop into the chat box and let us know where you're where you're stopping in from. Um, always love to hear uh, who's with us today in the parts of the world that that you're coming from. Um, but let's uh, talk about you, Shannon. What what? Um, how did you come into this this work, this astrological work, this uh, consulting divination work that you do, and uh, where are you from, and what are you all about? Um, well, it's kind of fascinating. I was thinking about it this morning because I always say, "Oh, my mom studied astrology, so I really have been, um, you know, at least like my consciousness has been very rooted since I was a kid because she she did study academically. Of course, then it was modern astrology was about all there was to learn. But I was thinking about how really it was um, about being astrologically gaslit. Is that the way to say it? Because my mom um, would tell me, you have an Aries moon and you don't. And I go to find out. It's like, wait a minute. I have a Pisces moon. So I was going in to win an argument. <laughs> like, no, I don't. And I love, I would love to have an Aries moon, but sure. I don't, I have a Pisces moon. But um, so that was the beginning of my training, we could say was really in childhood, um, just absorbing all the information. And, um, and then when I, uh, I was going to uh, traditional Chinese medicine school and I thought I was going to be an acupuncturist and I was pregnant with my first child. And at the end of the program, I just, I wasn't ready to leave my infant yeah. <laughs> to do the big, like 50 hours of uh, work a week and thought, I'll just practice astrology until she's older and, you know, come to find out it's, you know, I realize I'm doing the same thing. I'm still helping and I just don't have to stock herbs. <laughs> and there's no yeah. other cost. And so I've just been in this now full time and it's really, I'm a consulting astrologer. I've been working full-time for, um, I'm going, I'm in my Saturn return with it. It's, you know, right here at the 20, 28 year mark. Wow. I'm right in. Yeah. That's so. awesome. And you're joining us from San Diego still. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, today you're I in am Sedona. In, yeah. Today I'm in Sedona, right. but I, I live and practice in, in Carlsbad and Sanitas. Nice. So, um, very cool. Uh, California. Yeah, Shannon and I met at the United Astrology Conference in 2018, which was sort of my introduction to the, the bigger world of astrology. Like I'd been studying 
uh, on my own for a period of time. But then I went there and I was like, my eyes was like, whoa, there's this whole community. And um, Shannon and I gravitated towards one another really quickly. And um, you kind of showed me the ropes and introduced me to people. And that was really, um, I'm just so grateful to have, to have met you at that place and the, the time that we shared there as well. And it was so wonderful too for your first time because there's nothing like UAC of all the conferences, you know, UAC is the main one and just yeah. that, like from an astrological perspective, you just cannot get enough. And yeah, I just, the astro mom, I am an astro mom. You are <laughs> definitely my, my astro mom. At and it's conference. like, <laughs> let's feed you. I know this is... <laughs> You need to eat, we need to ground. And it was, that was, uh, what what was it? It was one of the pre-conferences with Lisa Scheim and Chris Brennan, how to start an astrology group, a local astrology group. And I went home and started one with my good friend, astrologer, Shauna McGrath. And we just, yeah, from that meeting we went to, but that, yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a real interesting introduction to, all the people there too, because I'd been listening to Chris's podcast for quite some time before UAC. And then the first experience there was like, oh, there he is right next to me. I was like, oh, a little, I was a little starstruck at, at oh that time. God. So, And then Rob Hand reading your chart. You yeah. were just, it was, that was a moment for you, wasn't it? It was. It really yeah. Yes, you are an astrologer. Uh, Really it seems like such a long time ago now, but it's it's so interesting how quickly it goes it goes by. And um, oh. I think about what I was, you know, where I was at at that point, just with my studies, and I was such a an astro baby. <laughs> so I'm glad I had I'm glad I had you to 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 nurture the experience there. So thank you for that. Oh, um, gosh. And, and look at what you've done. I am so impressed with the work you are doing, Spencer, just bringing light, especially on that deck and level and the fixed stars and making it accessible to people, yeah. to people like me. I was saying before this that, you know, I have my handful of fixed stars that are in my pocket all the time that I utilize, but I don't bring in the whole scope. And um, some of it is, I don't know, maybe laziness, but also practical, because I'm just, you know, sure. doing it. And just what you're doing is making it so accessible. So I just... Well, thank you. This is going to be our, our Leo rising love fest today. (laughs) (laughs) We, you know, the Leo risings at the, at the UAC conference could recognize each other. They're like, Oh, you're great. No, you're great. You're great. (laughs) And that is that, that UAC, the one in Chicago, it was just a Leo rising, just astrology, right? We were just. (laughs) Totally. 100%. (laughs) All right, Shannon, I'm checking in on the chat box here. We've got some people joining us. Mariana is here. Uh, happy to be listening. Welcome, Mariana. Um, coming from Argentina. Welcome. Dimphy is dropping in from the Netherlands, one of our Netherlands friends. Tarja is here, stopping in from Finland. Welcome, Tarja. Uh, Raven is, is saying hello from the Sunflower State. All right, excellent, Raven. Uh, Holy Creation is here from Newport Beach. So another another Kathy. little beach town. Um, yeah, Kathy. And then uh, Tarya is saying we're having our Leo moment. <laughs> yes, we definitely are. And then um, 
uh, we have Majad Hala Saeed is here from uh, Toronto by way of Palestine or or Toronto. I think it's Toronto, but uh, if if you want to clarify there, welcome. Uh, it's nice to have some new faces here today. So thank you all for joining us. We're going to be kind of going on a little bit of a deep dive of Pisces archetypes. Um, we're going to uncover some things with the the new moon that's happening on March the 2nd, conjoining Jupiter in the second decade of Pisces. We'll talk a little bit about this tarot card here to, today, the Nine of Cups. Um, we'll tell a few stories, talk about our experiences, and uh, at the end of the show, we will uh, do an animal symbol for the for the new moon and break down an iching hexagram how's that sound shannon beautiful sounds good all right so uh, also christopher is stopping in from colorado so i love it when everyone's stopping in in the chat here um if you have any questions today shannon and i would be more than happy to to um uncover uh some knowledge i guess hopefully for you if you have anything that you want to to share or uh, contribute or questions to ask. If you would like to make a material donation to the work that we're doing here, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that's called a super chat or a super sticker. And really you're buying me the gift of time to do this research and to be able to dive into these books and take crazy Virgo-ish notes all the time. So appreciate all of your support there as well. Now, Shannon, before we move on, where can we find you and what kind of services do you offer? Okay. Um, it's so funny. I have not, it's, I procrastinated on putting myself out more publicly. So I do have a website now. It's moongathering.com. And uh, you can book private consultations on there, but I am, it's not up yet but i am putting a course together um that will start in spring and which is right around the corner <laughs> mid-spring and kind of learning a bit of how i use astrology which is learning your basics really foundational foundationally but then having the ability to open up and you know sort of the way I look at it is every person that comes to me, I am humble to that person and I try to meet them there. And so it requires a little bit of release of self. And so there's a little bit of that, but you have to learn the, you know, totally. traditional basics <laughs> first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, always appreciated, yeah. I always appreciated how you balanced the the practical with the inspirational as well i mean you always have a real positive take on things and you know you've got this effervescence about you with that is is uh the enthusiasm is contagious so um <laughs> yeah shannon and i talk pretty fairly regularly and it's always a nice a nice connection and um so i can highly recommend shannon for if you need to feel inspired you know if you need someone who validates you and your uh your existence you know and like like you do really well at that so i just wanted to point that out that that's i think one of your one of your special gifts and it's always there like i'm harvesting it from you from the person you know mm -hmm. it is every everyone has light somewhere even and i have a challenging chart so i've been through a lot of challenges and difficulties so yeah. um 
it's the way that I have found my way out. <laughs> I, I relate to that 100%. Any challenges. Yeah, 100%. So you're talking yeah, to a, always a way out. <laughs> you're talking to a 12th house son here. So <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've lived a few things. Yeah. Um, okay. We've got Fionn is joining us, I think, from, from Ireland, right, my friend? So welcome. Uh, and then Cookerzilla is here from Mahone Bay, Nova Scotia. All right. And getting the, the Canadians in the house here. Um, okay. So before we dive into the chart, I just want just a little bit more business here. Make sure that you visit Shannon moongathering.net. Is that right? Dot com. Dot com. Moongathering.com. Um, I also have uh, some services that are coming up. I have the my Decans of Pisces webinar that's going to be happening on the 12th of March. That's a Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. I'm running a special right now until the 1st of March. You can get 20% off the price up and using the code Pisces20. So there is a link to that in the description of this video. You can also find that on my website, spencermichaud.com. Um, I would love to see all of you there. We, we talk about kind of the some of the themes here, but we really go into a deep dive with the mythology and the fixed stars. And it's kind of like... Um, sort of my mag magnum opus right now <laughs> like we're just dumping everything that i'm learning into these webinars and it's we have a lot of really great uh, conversations and community building within it as well so hope to see you all there one other thing that i've been really encouraging people to do lately is uh if you aren't signed up for this um i would love it if you could subscribe to the newsletter the spencer michelle astrology newsletter with all the different um, algorithms going on with different social media channel, uh, channels and challenges. Uh, that's the greatest way to stay in touch uh, with your friendly astrologer, your friendly neighborhood astrologer and diviners. It is the direct way that we can, uh, you know, help to keep you um, aligned with all the videos and webinars and articles, all the, all the content that we're creating. So um, there's a link to that in the video as well. And if you, one, one other thing you could do, if you want to help us with our algorithmic stuff is hit that like button and make sure you're subscribed to the channel and leave me a comment. There we go. Did I, did I get it all? Shit. It. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so interesting that the hoops that we have to jump through these days in modern technology, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. And we just, all we want to do is just divine the chart, right? Yeah. <laughs> we got to do all the business. But you know, yeah, you have to, you have to participate a little bit, you know, when there is a, a system set up, you either, you, you kind of have to figure out what the rules of that game are and what the system are if you want to, you know, survive sometimes. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So thank you all for bearing with all of those <laughs> things. And um, yeah. Let's let's dive into it. We've got a few more people joining us. Azur is here from France. Nice to see you. Azur? Azur? I think that's how I say it. I'm going to pull the chart up here and we will start diving in. Okay. So, what we are looking at is March the 2nd, 2022. Um we have a 12 degree Pisces sun and moon that's what a new moon is when the the two lights come together like the the light of spirit with the sun and the sort of the light of the reflected light of form and of the body with the moon and it's going to be very close to a domicile jupiter um shannon 
do you have any big picture thoughts about this new moon and what we might be expecting or experiencing? Well, gosh, there's so much in that it's, it's looking at this chart, there's so much going on that it's hard to look at just the new moon by itself. And like my first feeling is hope and is, um, you know, feeling as it's applying to this Jupiter, we have like a shred of hope. And when anything is in Pisces, it engages our vaster self is the way that I look at it. And so it's that like sort of intangible that we have something more within reach than we usually have with Pisces um, in general. So coming close to that Jupiter, um, you know, it's sort of that reset, right? That's what we're doing at New Moon. It's giving, it's informing where we're going and what we're doing. So it is that moment of no matter what is happening in the world, which actually we have a lot happening in the world right now. We do. Um, is to refocus the self and re-engage our perceptions and how we're moving forward. And hopefully being able to put a lens of, um, how do I say that? Even if it's just um, love, exuding love, exuding support, all of those things are that, that unconditional compassionate love putting down swords so that you can just be connected on that human level if we're just even doing that. Um, that that's like some of my first feelings around this. Yeah. So many, like I'm just, I can't get my eyes off of the, um, you know, the Venus, Mars, Pluto. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the big elephant in the room, isn't it? We, we've got here, I'll, well, I'll circle some of this stuff for everyone. So we have the new moon here conjoining Jupiter and, and subsequently will be kind of, you know, hitting Neptune as well. And then we have the Mercury-Saturn conjunction here at, at about 18 degrees of Aquarius. And then we got this, this funky uh, Mars-Venus-Pluto conjunction happening roughly in the, about the 27th degree of of Capricorn in Capricorn three. So as I record this, you know, the, the big, the big news on everyone's mind is sort of the, the, the challenges that are happening in uh, Eastern Europe right now. And I, I wanted to say to all my European friends out, out there that, um, you know, thoughts and prayers are with you and, and hoping for peace. Um, I, this is one of the things that I'm really hopeful hoping or putting my own intention out there with this new moon in particular is maybe bringing a sense of peace in, in traditional astrology, you know, Jupiter or Zeus was actually an order bringer. He was a peacemaker. He was a bridge builder. So there, maybe there is a possibility that this could be um, the beginning of that, I hope, but Mars Pluto is a, that's a really difficult uh, aspect, especially when we have a, third decan of Capricorn that represents seats of power. That's the four of pentacles energy with like bureaucratic systems and governments and things of that nature. So um, it's not a perfect new moon, <laughs> that's for sure. It's not a perfect new moon, um, but I 
I also think it's important to remember that when we have these moments, we can utilize this energy to set something in place to, to um, that it isn't just a passing moment that when, especially in this pipe, sorry, I'm just going to go all yeah, high yeah. this yeah. whole time, <laughs> but the, the intention of what you said, the intention of, you know, encapsulating in love and peace. And I know it sounds, you know, Pollyanna in some ways, but the, you know, love goes across all, it doesn't matter, all dimensions. And when we do that in this moment, electionally, then that has, um, you know, more traction as time does go on. And that the more people that focus on that around this time, the more that it can sort of net it for moving forward. Yeah, I like that. And I, I agree. And in this this particular decan of Pisces, Pisces two, is related to the nine of cups. Austin Caput calls this the net, like you were bringing in that that word intuitively. Um, and I have a quote here that I wanted to share with with everyone, because I think it's really a great way to kind of um, understand what the this middle decan energy is like. In my study of the of the tarot and the decans recently, Shannon. I'm starting to see that the middle decans hold the key to the balance point for those decans. You have extremes on either side. You have like the the initial uh, energy that may be um, growing, but also there's some disappointment in the first decan of Pisces. And then in the third decan, there's this like extreme um, sacrificial nature related to that Mars ruled decan. But here in the middle, the Jupiter ruled Deccan. I just gotta say, Jupiter is uh, this is a really Jupiter area of the zodiac. It's ruled by you know the nocturnal Jupiter, where in the the terms of Jupiter, uh, the face ruler is Jupiter. It's like the most Jupiterian place in the zodiac, and to me that 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 really brings in the ability to create or co-create through the power of our imagination, through the power of our intention, the power of our wishes. And I don't say that about every place in the Zodiac. I think that there are certain places where you have to accept the the reality of your situation um, and say, okay, well, this is what it is. And there's not, we have to come to terms with it. And there's a little bit of that here, like the, like, you know, not having the trying to close the gap between reality and um, hope. Um, but this is a magical place in the Zodiac, isn't it? It is. And just, you know, as you're saying that and how much dignity we have in this particular realm that um, really I look at it as almost a responsibility for the ones who are not in um, the super struggle crisis uh, aspect of this time um, to lend that, you know, that energy and what, you know, because there's different ways. Some people will pray, you can just meditate, visualize, however it is, it, 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 you know, that's what I look at a lot of the times in our whole, you know, looking at all the astrology of now 
Well, and I love that because it, this there's literature in this deck and it talks about the interconnectedness of consciousness, right? And even though we're not in that moment, maybe some of us are, are in a, uh, not in the war zone itself, we can lend our, our energy through, I don't know, astral travel on some level, right? I, and yes, and even just through intention, whether you think yeah. you're doing something or not, it, it, it adds, and that's a thing, I feel like a lot of what's going on globally is we are becoming more aware of each other, that whole like yes. anima mundi, and not in our subconscious, but in our conscious, and that means we have to hold responsibility for what we have, that we have in excess, or that we have good, Right. I wanted to read this quote. Interconnectedness. The, the, yeah. And, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You cut out for a second. No, Stop. no, that, that's, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt there. Um, I wanted to read this quote on Indra's net that will, I think, confirm what you're speaking towards with this. Um, so Indra's net, uh, this, and I'm quoting, is an infinitely large net of cords owned by the Vedic Deva Indra, which hangs over his palace on Mount Meru, the axis mundi of Buddhist and Hindu cosmology. In this metaphor, Indra's net has a multifaceted jewel at each vertex, and each jewel is reflected in all of the other jewels. Mm -hmm. The image of Indra's net is used to describe the interconnectedness of the universe, and there is a quote here uh, from Francis H. Cook describing this net, and it says, Far away in the heavenly abode of the great god Indra, there is a wonderful net which has been hung by some cunning artificer in such a manner that it stretches out infinitely in all directions. In accordance with the extravagant tastes of deities, the artificer has hung a single glittering jewel in each eye of the net, and since the net itself is infinite in dimension, the jewels are infinite in number. There hang the jewels glittering like stars in the first magnitude, a wonderful sight to behold. If we now arbitrarily select one of these jewels for inspection and look closely at it, we will discover that it is polished, that its polished surface, in its polished surface, there are reflected all the other jewels in the net, infinite in number. Not only that, but each of the jewels reflected in this one jewel is also reflecting all the other jewels so that there is an infinite reflecting process occurring, right? So, uh, so we're reflecting, we're all kind of reflections of one another in, in this interconnectedness. Yes. Um, it, uh, if I was going to do this with you, this was the one I was supposed to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, it's conscious. I bring guests on that have these placements, so... <laughs> wasn't a mystical coincidence sure. <laughs> but it like that is maybe at the core of my practice is mm -hmm. that and not that we all understand that out the gate but it's that gentle opening of the eyes and being able to see and when we have that part of even a little bit of, a, of awareness there can be a relief in it you know, and we all have our times of suffering. We all have our times of not suffering, but that, um, that we share it all. It is shared. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just had a, a conversation with a, another podcaster named Laura Chung, and we were talking about the, you know, collective suffering as well as when, you know, when one group is being oppressed, that it, it, it is, we're feeling it as a collective as well. Like there is an interconnectedness where, you know, and we're seeing this in this world uh, stage right now too, is that the events in maybe a place that isn't our immediate backyard will have an effect on our day-to-day -day life as well. And even more so for our European friends and like the, the, the stabilization of that area of the, of the world as well. So, um, yeah, I think that this, this second always reminds me of, um, Neo in the matrix, you know, like, like the yes. story of Pisces is really, I think his story on some level of like, you know, being dissatisfied with his reality in the first decade, going off in search of meaning, disconnecting from an old narrative, potentially learning Kung Fu, <laughs> learning how to manipulate with and co-create with the energies that he's surrounded with. And then eventually he becomes sort of, quote unquote, the one who is making a sacrifice to liberate others as well. Um, it's and just, the, the removal of all the mind uh, beliefs or concepts, like when he's learning all the different fighting techniques, yeah. he had to undo his mind, right, which is very right. Pisces. Yeah. It's, flow, it, that flow middle of flow of having access to both, because that really is what we're hopefully all working towards, right? Absolutely. Not to escape this place which is the other big danger here it's really you know there's a lot of that in this new moon to just you know la, 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 la. I, you know that's a great point and that's um that is a danger definitely with pisces energy since it is so yin right it is so internally focused we might want to just go off into our own um, worlds our own imaginations and try to tune out the difficulties that are going on and the suffering that's going on, which on some level, I think it is important to be able to center ourselves so that we're not adding to the negativity, right? So we can bring a place of centeredness and calm and peace. But I do think that when we go into like the meditative states, I do think it is important to balance that with being present, you know, being in our bodies and physical as well, um, and paying attention when those of us who don't have the luxury of meditation in times of trauma um, to hold space for them, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, just what I know you probably don't want to go down this road, but one statement about the US Pluto return, you know, I've been looking at this and talking about it for probably since about 2017. It, because we could see it building up of, you know, as far as in the U.S., we're a little, you know, I don't know, we're a cancer. We like our borders. Yeah. We like our internal and not like, we are not known for learning other languages. We're pretty insulated. And um, that Pluto return, I look, I try to explain it like, um, you know, the age of a nation, it's kind of like what we think of as a Saturn return for a human, <laughs> you know, yeah. for our lifespan and just kind of the thing I've always looked at a Saturn return. What I was taught was you're not really an, a, 
an adult until you have a Saturn return because you, you know how we have then experienced every conjunction, every aspect that Saturn can offer us. So we're not really, that's when we're an, you know, air quote adult. And so we're having this as a nation, like we're coming out of, you know, just kind of adolescence and um, having, like, we need to be aware. We need to grow up. We we're adulting as a nation. Yeah. It's a reckoning, isn't it? It's it's reckoning. reckoning. And, you know, there's a lot of discomfort, but it's good. Like we need this where we need to have aware awareness. And so, yeah, I just, again, bringing that into this Deccan. Um, well, that's, it's interesting you bring that up. Like we can't, we can't escape. We, yeah. we have other things coming up that won't, you know, it'll be a, a harder slam. I think we, we kind of talked about this before, I think where, you know, if you go to extreme escape, you come back and the world has been moving still and there's more to clean up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way as a young person when I w- w- would desire to check out and not pay attention to my physical reality, then you get snapped back into it with with, with a severity, <laughs> you know, the severity. Yeah. exactly. So balance is the key. Um, I was I was gonna say, like thinking about what you were talking about with the Pluto return with America and things of that nature. Um, have you seen the um, documentary that's been kind of going around and making the rounds in our community, the, the changing of the gods? Have you no, seen? I haven't had time. <laughs> yeah. I am just salivating for it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I've been I've been kind of keeping up with it. It's 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 been doled out in like daily doses over yeah. the course of the last couple of days. They're going to have like a marathon uh, coming up on one of these weekends too, if people have missed out, but these episodes are, are still up there, I think. Um, but they're talking a lot about Richard Tarnas's book, Cosmos and Psyche and the Uranus-Pluto relationship. Um, and I have, I have some thoughts about that, but it's, it's just interesting to me to see that, you know, to be going through that very macrocosmic documentary as we're probably experiencing another one of those macrocosm historic moments and being able to contextualize it through uh, his work is really, uh, it's been very fascinating. That's something else, doesn't, I don't know if this is just me, but doesn't it feel like time is more in time, you know, where we're not, like transits happen immediately, where it used to be, we, we would have a transit, but you might see it delayed before yeah. you, even on a personal level, even where it's, you know, something becomes exact and we're in it. It's, you know, and so I think that that's part of it too, that it's not a mistake. We have the changing of the gods occurring at the same time as this. Yeah. Again, we can't escape. We're being offered multiple tools to look and be present in the world with what is happening and be a participant on whatever level there's, there's always a level to be a participant. Well, one of the things that they were pointing out in last night's episode was the creation of plutocracies and, you know, bringing in the Pluto element um, with a consolidation of wealth and all of the problems that that can entail. And I think that, you know, in the Ukrainian and Russian conflict, there definitely that element is present. 
um, and in the way that you know there's a consolidation of wealth that's even more extreme in Russia than than in America. Um, but it's happening here, and we might have to deal with the fallout of that type of behavior from you know the top one percent. And how do we uh, restore balance to the way that we deal with our our resources as a country? You know that and that and it's going to take us all the way back through all of the ch- challenging things that have happened to get to this point, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's so much to process. Um, it is so much. And, you know, just the, the recent nodal shift access or nodal access shift. Um, we are looking at those, those topics. Those are yeah. the topics. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at the chat here. Um, going back a few here. We, Age of Joy is joining us. Hello, star friends, is what they say. Hello to you. Raven is asking, is Jupiter in the chariot right now? Yes, Raven. Uh, a pl- planet being in its chariot is when it is in its own domicile or its own home sign. Some authors would say also in its exaltation and in its own bounds. Um, and that basically means that the planet is protected from being under the beams of the sun. Like in ancient Rome or Greece, they had these, literally had these chariots they would go around in and they had these little awnings that would protect them from the heat of the sun. So, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the peacemaking that Jupiter is, has the potential for may still be going on behind the scenes because it's not visible, but it, it's still powerful. Right, it's not getting burned up by the sun, which is, I think, a very good thing in this case. Um, and even more to harness that energy on whatever work we're doing on an individual level, whether it's that service for other and energy we extend out, or working with what we have in our own life, whatever you know. Absolutely, we all have our stress relative to ourselves, and so that's a really good point to make <laughs> we're in that's what i mean we're in some time you know this window of time where we can get a lot of stakes in the ground mm. <laughs> energetically yeah good seed planting seed weather. planting exactly yeah. um we've got a few other people stopping in Kobabs Col- is here saying hi shannon hi spencer well hello Kobabs. uh dominique is here oh, dominique. Uh, Dominique, Dominique. Ast- Astroino, is that? Yes, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence, my friend Lawrence Sanchez is here. He's a uh, a great astrologer who I've been kind of in a, a group that has been doing some some study with, and uh, really knowledgeable, um, really thoughtful person as well. Thank you for stopping by, Lawrence. Um, let's see. Dimphi is asking, perhaps silly, but could one be tired because Pluto, Venus, and Mars are transiting conjunct to Saturn and Jupiter in the birth chart? Or am I mixing everything up and still being in the learning phase? No, I think if you have all of that stuff hanging out with your Saturn and your Jupiter, that <laughs> that could probably be a lot on your nervous system. Um, yeah, that I, is a transit yeah. that would turn a skeptic, yeah. <laughs> I think, too. Okay, maybe there's something to an astrology. There's no escaping that. But wow, think of the potency. And the way I look at that, too, you know, especially with the Saturn, that it, it that's one of those 
just let go. Like there's no, it, it requires stillness, I think. And, you know, even though you want, especially with the Mars there, it, it, it still requires just let go. <laughs> and, and Well, and I'll tell you what, you know, you and I have both been kind of talking about our various health challenges we've been going through lately <laughs> and, like, yeah. and I, I it's really a thought is coming up to me about mars and venus and pluto and capricorn especially it being a saturn ruled sign and it's a physical like calcifying energy where it's like this there's some blockage that you know we may be experiencing and when all of that hits pluto I think of Pluto as like the, I, I keep saying the divine plumber that's like getting rid and, you know, it's like a colon cleanse. For, that's a, I use the colonic metaphor. Yeah. Like, I, well, not to get too, too, too crazy, but I, I've been having some pain in my like kidney area. And I finally went to the doctor yesterday because I was like, do I have a kidney stone? What's going on? And they're like, no, you're just a little bit backed up and constipated. I was like, oh, okay. That's, I mean, I'm glad it's not something more serious, but it's still very painful. And, and I think that that's a, a thing where, you know, we may be feeling backed up in our life and, and like we're trying to, I think collectively, we're trying to move on to some kind of new experience and future, but we're, we're getting stuck in these old patterns and old ways of doing things. And maybe this is, this things that we're going through now, maybe helping to shake that old stagnant energy free. And it's saying, no, you're not ready to move forward. There are a few things you haven't gotten yet. And that's, you know, especially with, um, you know, it's, there's confinement involved where yeah. it's like, no, we haven't learned this yet. You know, I think too, at least in this culture, it seems like we're so go, 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 move, move, move. And we haven't allowed ourselves the time to sit and, be receptive to what's going on maybe not form an opinion quite yet just be receptive and gather and listen and then form and i think that we're in that phase and that's a bit of why yeah we're totally and and the one who has this all happening on saturn it, it, <laughs> that's a lot yeah that's a lot and it can feel maybe punishing but it just you know, the soul has a plan always. And there's, I look at it even like to reframe, it would be consolidating and sitting and just like something's being filled up. Well, we've got, then, we've got a bunch of people in the comments here that are talking yeah. about dreaming of clogged sinks. Token54321 is saying that they, last night, they literally were dreaming of clogged sinks. Uh, Dip is saying like, like is mocking me, but is saying that they'll take their dog for extra walks. Dimphy, definitely do that because I think part of the reason that my system is sort of doing what it's doing is I've been a lot less active as it's gotten down to like the teens here in Michigan, where you know you try to for me to go for my normal three to four mile walk that I usually take every day. It takes me 40 minutes to get all my clothes and my boots on. <laughs> like then you get outside, you're like, oh, it's 10 degrees out. And there's just some days where you're just like, mm, fuck that. I don't want to do that today. <laughs> you know? That like, is something that, you know, some people say, oh, Shannon, you have good karma where you live. I go, no, I think it's that I'm a really fragile soul that it's like she wouldn't last a day in Michigan and right. <laughs> 
that. You have to be hardy to live here for sure. To um, be hardy. I think yeah. it's the opposite. <laughs> I think I, you know, yeah. yeah, that is a consideration for a lot of the world, you know, but totally. we have to have motion something well in this Pisces time too uh you know one of the things that I was able to bring with me from my Chinese medicine training was qigong mm -hmm. and just you know on a practical level something like qigong is a practice you can do for yourself and have movement within just even their sitting qigong <laughs> but it gets your circuits going so you don't get all clogged up. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's I think Pisces season is is great for that too because yeah. you know Pisces is that time of year, especially in the northern hemisphere around where I live, where the frozenness, the stuckness of winter starts to melt and everything gets into this primordial soup of mud and everything's blending together. the The boundaries are being dissolved oh between people. You know, yeah, the liminal space. Right. Too, exactly. Ah. Right. And just right before, and it's so solitary too, right? Like absolutely not as extending out. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm looking at the chat. Um, Azure and Lawrence are saying that the, the changing of the gods are generally up for about a day at a time or 24 hours at a time. And there's a marathon next weekend. Okay. So that's good to clear that up. Um, yeah, let me, I'm taking a look through here. Uh, Dimphy is also excited about changing of the gods with the history from, from the Greek and Latin classes. That's cool. Um, Kobabs is saying, Shannon, you know me as Colette from our Greece trip. So you're from oh! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Colette, hello. So this Greece trip, speaking yeah. of liminal spaces, Ooh. so... We were so blessed to go with our teacher, Demetra George. Right, right, right. It was a, she took us on an astrological spiritual pilgrimage. Can you imagine going to these sacred sites with, with Demetra? And like, it was just alive. The myth was alive. And, and Colette was one of the recipients. It's a long story, but that we'll just say each myth we were studying became alive and we were living through it on this trip. But it, it permanently, I think, shifted everyone on that trip. Um, I love Demetra, and I'm, I'm so very jealous of your trip, your Greece trip, because <laughs> it sounds like an amazing experience and being able to just see these places that we read about in the, in the myth and I'm sure that there's just an energy there that is palpable, you know? See and feel. And we went to sites, you know, we did the typical ones, you know, more close to Athens, but we went to up into Northern Greece and Macedonia and Samothraki, the island where the winged victory, Nice. This is where Colette was a had a starring role in on um, that part, which I won't <laughs> share. Excellent. But it was goats were involved. It was just a crazy um, experience. But we got to go to places where the energy it, it wasn't trampled because there yeah. are no people, few people in these sites. So yeah, that was a trip of a lifetime, and it it informed my practice. It deepened my practice and. You know, and Demetra is a treasure, isn't she? Oh, I was yeah. going to say, I consider her the matriarch 
of astrology and just speaking in that like oracular aspect of but so rooted you know academically it just yeah yeah so keep your eyes peeled for when all this stuff clears up whatever the world is going through if there's another trip uh if you can make it with if you could save up for a trip with Demetra George uh and I don't know how how long she's going to be doing these trips she's getting up there in her you know her late 70s here but I have I have heard she might have one more trip in her okay (laughs) so it is you 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 take a loan out (laughs) yeah there you go that's right all right so I'm seeing here um Colette saying, when Pluto was conjunct my son, I had E. coli and filled the sewers. <laughs> yeah, like, so, so, the, so I, will, I will say that the, the, the Venus-Mars conjunction in Capricorn was opposite my son and Mercury. So it's not surprising to me that like something like that was like, you know, p- plugging up the sewer system of my body. Um, but yeah. I, I, do, I do really think it's a, it, that Pluto is a planet that it's going to, um, dislodge a lot of those things, wh- whether it's, you know, you know, painful or not, <laughs> like, right. And right. maybe we're going through that metaphorically as a community where we're, you know, we're backed up as a, as a world right now, we're backed up with old, um, power structures with old, you know, a consolidation of wealth can also like, you know, yeah be a be a blockage for for peace and for fairness and for equality and you know maybe we're we're plunging things right now i don't know i i guess i i always i even though studying astrology and especially this changing of the gods type of documentary um if you are any type of student of history you will see that that their empires rise empires fall communities and leaders rise and fall but when you're really in it you know, the, the main thing that I think that I try to think about is, can this be done as, can the change be processed as peacefully as possible? Can people accept the change rather than fight it? Because when people fight change, that's when we go to war, that's when we suffer, you know, it's like trying to swim upstream or something like that, right? Right. All right, go ahead. I was going to say too, I was thinking about that with, um, with Richard Tarnas, if anybody watched the, his episode on Pluto. And one of the things I grabbed from that is that he was talking about, um, like with wherever Pluto is, you have birth and you, which means you have a goddess present, you have a mother energy because it is, um, you know, like a mother who gives birth knows you move through these titanic energies that take over her in order to bring the infant into the world was how he was explaining it. And it's so tr- like on that birth macro pains, yeah. level, yeah. it just, if you pass the gate of Pluto, like just there's no, you can't bypass. And you, to me, like on the money level and the coming up to it, like you can't buy yourself out of it. I think that that's right. going to be something we see as well. Yeah, 100%. It's frightening. Um, <laughs> well, Raven is saying that yoga has been replacing the morning walk with the single digit temperature. So maybe uh, 
staying flexible, right? In the, in these times is important and getting your body moving like that. Uh, Colette is saying that Qigong has saved their life, which is breathing is, is another practical thing we can do in these challenging times. Um, let me see what else we've got going on here. Um, we have, uh, Darren is here from England. Welcome, Darren. Okay, I'm seeing, I think we can kind of move on here a little bit. Um, how are you doing, Shannon? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. Uh, so, so the, the other aspect that we didn't really break down here, though, is we do have a uh, Mercury-Saturn conjunction happening at this new moon. Um, we've talked a little bit about Pluto and Mars and, and Venus and maybe the, you know, the, the, the violence that, that could erupt with that, but also the, the healing potential and the birth potential um, that could come from that as well through that, that disruption potentially. Um, now, when we have Mercury-Saturn in the second decan of Aquarius, this is the decan with the Six of Swords where people are being ferried across that like uh, the river Styx or or some kind of river from one shore to another where we're moving on uh, from a liminal space and kind of leaving the known and communicating between the the periphery and the center um what do you what have you seen shannon with mercury saturn uh aspects what kind of things come up for you in that with that aspect um when I look at Mercury Saturn, it's like blocking um, that blocking uh, like communication block, like feeling held back in speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then the six of swords and having this in Aquarius, you know, I might turn this specifically with this more to trying to turn even like mercury i think of his very frontal lobe thinking and turning that processor brain saturn you know looking to saturn not even fully as a blocker but a teacher of wait stop refine yourself you need to come up and expand how we're looking at this before you speak you know right yeah sober sober communications oh. sober thinking um, having a reality check. So I guess we've got a very dreamy, you know, stack up in Pisces here, but we do have this other, these other energies and these Saturnian signs, pretty much everything else is in Saturn's domiciles where, you know, we are going to have to, I think it's a one foot in the sky, one foot on the ground type of thing where we're, we're probably coming to terms with what is or isn't possible um, I want to throw this to you, Shannon, too, that uh, in my Aquarius uh, research, the difference between Capricorn Saturn and Aquarius Saturn type was that Saturn and in Capricorn creates physical boundaries, whereas the, the Aquarian archetype is more about mental limitations, like the glass ceiling type of thing. Yes. I, uh, yeah, it is a fascinating study, especially for um, those who have transitioned, say, from a modern astrology rulership into a traditional astrology rulership, where it really is that 
yeah, it's still putting up like the architecture. I think of architecture with yeah. Saturn in Aquarius of that. This is what we're mapping out that's expanded outside of what we've already had. But then it still wants to put in, um, still wants to dig footings in the building. It just wants the building bigger. Yeah. Around, and then we have to have the mind that that means our thinking has to be involved or a vision. I mean, I think that is the, the placement of rationality here in, in this yeah. new moon, right? Because we, we may have, with this new moon in Pisces, we may get very emotional and go to emotional extremes potentially. But there is at least a couple planets here that are maybe bringing us an ability to think with a more, I guess, left brain it would be, um, you know, more of that rational thinking. Um, Tarya is saying Mercury with Saturn could also be rebellious talk as well. Yeah, yeah I, I could Absolutely. see that. Yes. Revolution and rebellion. Um, well, Aquar Aquarius is very uncomfortable giving personal freedoms away to plutocratic societies. And systems, oh, one, yeah, you know? 100%. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I do look at that. It's like um, new thought emerging to break free from like that status quo cap. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, yeah it, wants to, it wants to dismantle those systems of authority, I think. Yeah, it, it, there's this kind of energy of, of going off into almost intentional exile with that sign. Yes. Where, where they're saying it's a decentralizing influence where it says, oh, I don't want to be part of the established energy yes. center here. I um, like that intentional exile. We're seeing that, aren't we? That's 100%. I think, and I think there's something okay as far as the the path, because not, I, nothing is just, we have this problem, oh, and then it's solved. We have to walk through things. We have to inform ourselves. We have to move into wisdom, you know, and that's part of it. I think voluntary exile is, yeah. you know. Where well, you find that there's a reason why there's temples on the planet, you know. Well, that Deccan too is Mercury ruled Deccan, so they, uh, you know, Austin Capic talks about that Deccan being communication between the center or the people in power and the people in exile. So maybe this is the beginning of a negotiation as well. Maybe a peace negoci negotiation potentially is what I would hope. Um, I'm going to throw that out there into the universe and put energy into that potentially. That's, that's what I was just going yeah. to say. This is how we shape our intentions is exactly that. Not pulling from just wherever, but using the tools that we have at hand, the potentials of what is being offered with this as an electional chart, if we're looking at it right. from an electional perspective. And that's it. That's that's, and that's a great <laughs> that's a great lead into the next part of this when we talk about uh some of the myths and stories that surround not only pisces too but a fixed star that's pretty close to this new moon called a churnar at 15 degrees of pisces um much of the stories with pisces too center around uh two two themes i think one is uh if we look at the tarot card it's really about wish fulfillment and intention um but also wishes versus expectations right and seeing what 
kind of things are possible versus what we would like them to be. But, and then also the sorcerer's apprentice energy, where we have two stories in particular, one of Phaethon, who was the, the youth that was driving the chariot of the sun, but lost control. He, he begged his father to drive the chariot of the sun to uh, prove that, that he was uh, the son of a god but lost control of this chariot and ended up getting shot down by Zeus and drowning in the river and um, sort of this energy of not, not a flying too high type of thing. Um, and then Dolus, which, which is a story that comes up in Austin Coppock's book where he talks about um, the, the assistant to Prometheus who was trying to, to mimic his, his uh, master Prometheus in, in creating humanity out of clay but actually ran out of clay as he got to the feet. And, uh, but Prometheus was, was like, he was um, flattered by this and fired both of them in the kiln. And one became Aletheia, which was truth, and the other Pseudologos, which was falsehood. So I'm seeing here, you know, this is a time for intentions. It is a time to, to make wishes and dreams, but I think it's important to, to release the how of of how we're going to get there we can block a lot of manifestation through our thoughts through overly micromanaging things i'm really guilty of this myself with all my virgo stuff as i i, I will micromanage a dream to death um <laughs> i think virgo curse right <laughs> yeah and, and i was you and i were talking a little bit before our show here about some of the pisces energy is allowing yourself to rest and to to surrender but but pisces will bring you circumstances that are like well you've got to rest you have to surrender there's no choice like and for me this week it was my feeling in a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain physically i just couldn't do all the things that i would normally do um during the course of my week for some of the i don't know preparation uh, I still managed to get some preparation in because I'm crazy, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I was at the doctor all day yesterday, getting tests and X-rays and, and ultrasounds, and you know, and well, it's like it, it comes in through the mental, trying to say, "Hey, slow down," and then right. our physical body is the last place. Like if it hits our physical body, it's like we were not paying attention to. <laughs> and it felt like that. It felt like my body was like, nope, you're done for a little while. You need to take a time out. This is enough. So I, what I will say about that is it's easier if when we first hear the impulse to take the rest, if we listen to it rather than keep grinding away and trying to plant our fields in a time of hibernation does that does that make sense it makes so much sense yes that's beautiful this is what our problem is in, our, in america i think right now is that we I, feel like we have to plan a field all the time you know exponential growth exactly and that that was what i was trying to say earlier too if just we're on the yang side like we don't yin Right. We, you can't do that. <laughs> nature will na always win. So nature will always balance it out. It's just, are you flowing with it or are you, or are you at the hand of it? You know, and 100%. we, as a culture, I think that's one of our 
maturation points is and the yin in self-care it doesn't mean do nothing it isn't static there's still energy current flowing it's just in a different way and i think just looking at the chart you know that we have up here and a bit of that when you were talking about you know like intentions or manifestations or you know that and not micromanaging it that you know, looking at that Venus Mars, they have to go through the gate of Pluto, which Pluto requires you, you have to strip down to nothing. Mm. Like you only cross naked. Like, like, like a, a, like a Gaul and Inanna, right? Exactly. You yes. completely telepathically, it read my mind. That was exactly the image I had. Yeah. You know? And that is, um, that's helpful at this time so we can utilize this energy to be our teacher as well and know okay this is uncomfortable for me but i'm going to flow with it there's a tremendous amount of energy to support us doing that during this time yeah um, dimphy's saying and the grass won't grow harder when you pull it is a saying <laughs> over in the netherlands i like that that's <laughs> true i love that yeah, you just pull it out exactly <laughs> love that and and, you know this is another thing when we're planting seeds you know it doesn't mean that it just manifests right away either so sometimes when you are gardening and you're in one phase of it you have to be okay being in that specific phase of growth and you you do what is necessary to maintain it that's the part of being there present physically but then you let nature do its thing and that's Pisces too, you know. That is Pisces too. And just there is that um, germination process mm-hmm. where it's underground and it doesn't, the seed doesn't know what's up or down. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just in the void. And that's a necessary part that, and I will say, again, you know, I have a really challenged chart. I have like, I have strong Pluto. I was born um, with the Uranus Pluto opposite Saturn. Oh, wow. Um, and poor little Venus just wandered into the wrong room. <laughs> she <laughs> right. been Virgo sitting there with Pluto and Uranus. And so I've learned how to, well, I have, I won't even say learned. I've just, you know, out of exhaustion, you yeah. know, just submitted. And so out I- Out of necessity, really out of necessity but within it is that light that it isn't it's that part where if you let go and let it take its course let nature reveal itself to you after you've cleaned yourself as much as you can set your intention you let it reveal itself to you and it's it and then it's not as uncomfortable it's not yeah i think there's different ways to respond to trauma you know i think that um we can kind of that's where we get to make the choice we don't always get to choose the action that is happening to us, right? Or the experience or the fate that we may, you know, face. But we do get to sort of choose how we're going to react to it and how we're maybe going to grow from it. Um, Sometimes things are just shitty and and really terrible. And that's, you know, it's important to acknowledge that. But at the same time, you can choose to let it overwhelm you and maybe turn you towards a, a darker, bitter, jaded experience, or you can utilize that knowledge 
to be empathetic to people that may be going through something similar and maybe even trying to alleviate that pain for others through bringing clarity and awareness to that type of experience. That's my life in a nutshell. That really was a moment for me of realizing all of these very challenging health um, situations I've had at the end of the day, it was a gift for me. Number one, to have compassion for other people's suffering, but just even gaining what I learned is an offering. It becomes right. an offering. So some of our greatest suffering can actually be some of our greatest light. I agree. Uh, I, I, and just, I really agree with you on, you know, it's how we respond to what is given to us. And just that, that concept of, you know, astrological fate and free will. Because it's just, you can't argue with it. This, you know, time is time. We're getting a look at time and how things are brought, what, what is brought into our lap. But I have found, again, because I've done this for so long on, a, on an intimate, you know, counseling level with the same people for 20. I have clients I've been reading for for the full 28 years. And just having those repetitive, challenging transits where they start responding differently and then when it comes around the next time, it doesn't, it only shows up to the level that is necessary right. to the point of then it's not even, um, you know, sometimes it even comes in in the strength. Maybe it is you're the teacher and leader of let me help the world with this pain and struggle and suffering. Well, and sometimes, and, and sometimes great pain can, can beget beauty too. I'm thinking of Frida Kahlo right now with her really traumatic accident and challenging life, but the beautiful art that came out of that also, you know. And I, you know, don't know that we as a collective humanity have learned how to grow and expand without a catalyst of stress, you right, know. Right, yeah. And why else are we here <laughs> to grow? <laughs> well, and that may be something that brings us peace too with the world events that we're going through, that maybe through this stress that we're going through this really dark time maybe there will be something that is birthed uh in a you know that is something beautiful that may come out of it eventually i hope um and and you know that actually is another transition point in our story here because there is a a sephira uh and a a kabbalistic a hermetic kabbalistic sort of energy center associated with the the nines in the tarot um and in this case, the, the, the nine of cups is related to Yesod, which is in the tree of life. It's like the birth channel where all the, all the spiritual energies are sort of funneling into right before manifestation in the physical world. So think about all the, the alchemy that goes on before you, that you're just about to, to make something real, right? Yes. If, that's oh. a... That's something that I've been meditating on. It's this this work this new moon is a birth channel. You know, it is very much a birth channel, new moon on some level. That's so beautiful. And I have to say too, we have I mean, this is probably not the the platform to speak of it, but everything you just said, I do use quintiles. I will look at quintiles and everything you just explained, Spencer, is how I explain quintiles. It's that 
palpable energy right before something is manifested. It isn't abstract, it's right before it goes through the door, you know? And we do have, you know, I won't spend a lot of time on it, but we do, we do have quintiles present in this new moon chart, but- um, You can also think of that sort of, that similar energy just with Pisces in general related to the spring equinox, right? It's like, yes. a, it's like we're, we're pregnant with possibility before this renewal type of energy, right? Right. Yeah. In the, in the Western hemisphere, <laughs> we yeah. are, or yeah, in the Northern hemisphere, not Western, Northern hemisphere. It is. And um, yeah, preg pregnant. <laughs> it's, so Rachel is responding to your comments. It's very true, Shannon. I dislike phrases which include overcoming or battling trauma. It's more working repeatedly with something, no matter how difficult, which leads eventually to no easy renewal. Yeah, I think that's true, right? Oh, beautiful, yes. And Colette's saying that difficult transits bring out our inter inner light, and maybe that's the this is the analogy of the anvil as well. Yeah, I, I could see that, like we're forging something potentially. That's a very Mars-Pluto type of energy, I think, too. You know, pounding something into, into form on some level. Um, hopefully, it's like I said, it's hard to talk about these things because a, a lot of the themes that we're seeing are, you know, especially in the news right now, is just, it's oppressive. It's really difficult. You know, it's, it's, I'm struggling with it because you don't want to be like, oh, well, there's, go there's always going to be something good that comes out of it. Cause right now we're in a time period where many people are really suffering. And that, that is something that I'm struggling with as a sensitive person with the world energy right now. And, um, so I just wanted to say for all my European friends and everyone out there that's feeling this sensitivity is that it's okay to, 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 you know, acknowledge that it's a difficult time, you know? And that's, that's it right there, Spencer. We, we can acknowledge that this is here and it's real. And, yeah. uh, and that, that's the only place you can move from and just the the hope that is that this resolves quicker yeah and again the responsibility at least for myself that i give give myself is just doing what i can to encapsulate within my system and how i work you know the protection least loss of life and just awareness and that south node in scorpio you know it's just at the beginning of its trek you know i think totally. uh, we're at the beginning of, I think, some big, you know, difficult things to swallow struggles, but it's the purging, it's the, it's the colonic that needs to happen, you know? Yeah, I, yes, literally, in my case, but yes, as a, as a community also. As a community. So if anybody's got some, some suggestions in the chat of a gentle, uh, you know, detox purging thing, I'm open to it. But uh, yes, metaphorically, I, I, the, as above, so below, as within, so without, micro and macrocosm, you know, like, uh, I find it flattering that I'm so connected to, <laughs> to universal energies. Oh, we're getting silly. Um, Oh. It it does it it is a meditation in and of itself though when you are going through a physical manifestation of maybe the greater uh, energy as well I think it really does help you reflect on those things um, 
I, I, I wish that it was a less painful, but, um, I think that sometimes life is painful. I think, you know, and I think that what I'll say is this too shall pass, you know, physically and metaphorically. Right. And well, that, that is the promise that we have astrologically is this will move these things right. move. And if we do the work that we're being asked to do, hopefully it will move into a better place. Right. We need our, we need, the world needs some Metamucil right now to, to, to pass things along. Right. And that, you know, we have our locations of suffering and then, you know, that don't think we're separate from that, you know, we'll have, we may have our own suffering that we need to do. And that's why it's good to be compassionate. Absolutely. So Shannon, how about we touch a, briefly here on the on the first Ooh. quarter square? I think we've we've gotten a pretty good um, breakdown of the new moon here. Um, so this is March tenth, twenty twenty two. I always like doing kind of the quarters of the lunation cycle as well because yes, we can look at one chart for the new moon, but it's it's a living chart. It's going to manifest and, and go through different stages and, and eventually come to fruition at the full moon. And here we've got the sun squared uh, the moon uh, with 19 degrees of Pisces sun and the 19 degree Gemini moon. So what you notice, or what I'm noticing right away is that we've got Mercury here newly ingressed into Pisces, it's traditional fall and exile. It's a, not the favorite space for Mercury. Um, and then we have that Mercury is hosting this moon. So I th there's usually, for me, there's a lot of uh, confusion with a Mercury, a Pis Pisces Mercury, where it's a little bit more, um, it's nonlinear, nonlinear thinking, right? Yeah, um, that's how I look at it, it it's intuitive logic on one level, but it's nonlinear. Right. And, and it's one of this, this square, I, th this decan of Gemini with this moon shows, it's a really visceral image. So we have for the sun, we have this, this figure who looks very satisfied and content in the nine of cups that where the sun is. But in this nine of swords we've got someone who's having sort of a nightmare who's who's staying up at night worrying about all these different contradictions and i think that this to me is something where our minds might get in the way of our manifestation like we plant the seed with our vision but then we like think it to death in the early stages right right and also you may not want to trust everything coming into your mind yes yes i love that because mercury is, is you know in that place of like maybe creating illusion also and and lots of them with that gemini yeah energy the moon in gemini that you know not just in our perception of the world outside of us but just even within our own self and this is one of those moments that i would you know counsel a client to say write it down do mm. not speak wait <laughs> for this double well, check right double check right. wait and then look at your notes after and you might be grateful you didn't yeah 
sabotage yourself. Well, and look here too. We've, we're seeing the sun oh. starting to apply to Neptune. So, uh, you know, things may not be what they appear to be, right? So it's amplified. Right. And it's only building. The sun is moving towards. And um, yeah, so this is a time of grain of salt, just little grains of salt in your water every single day during <laughs> this cycle. Indeed. Okay, so that's our first quarter moon on the 10th. Um, we've got also during this period of time, Mars and Venus have separated from Pluto and Capricorn and have recently made their their own conjunction um, in the beginning stages of Aquarius. So a little bit of a different vibe for uh, Mars and Venus here, maybe a little bit more potentially more objective. I, I would, yeah. What would you say? I wouldn't just, Venus is starting to be able to really resuscitate herself, recover, take, literally take breaths of mm -hmm. air um, from being, you know, in her condition. I mean, she's been a little traumatized, uh, you know, and kind of how I looked at, I have to say this extremely unusual you know, Venus-Mars conjunction going for such a long expanse of time that, you know, there is that Mars overtaking Venus concept, but also I, I look at it as she's, you know, gone direct that Mars is in his strength and almost like a warrior helping walk her to the gate, to that zero degrees Aquarius to just, and get through Pluto. And then she's a, she starts moving forward. And that three degrees, just in, um, you know, my training, you know, things don't form until that three degrees. And so she's just like getting the sleep out of her eyes and exactly having some awareness. And in the Aquarius part, what that says to me is even the, um, you know, they're bigger concepts. These are bigger constructs, bigger understandings. We're trying to understand the interconnectedness of everything and the bigger blueprint. And this is why we have danger with that, you know, not danger, but we want to have awareness around Mercury and Pisces and, and sun coming to Neptune and moon and Gemini that it's like, just wait, things are still in formation. Well, and I'm looking, I'm, I stepped the chart back a little bit to oh. March 6th here where we saw the second, conjunction of Mars and Venus at that zero degree point. And it's, I, I like that you brought that up uh, because that's the exact point that Saturn and, and Jupiter came together. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh, exactly. Our day and night. So now the day <laughs> right. or the, the night sect gets <laughs> adjoining on the same degree. Isn't that fascinating? Because, because we, we have this really um almost the epoch changing conjunction of saturn and jupiter being in the air signs now right really the elemental shift that we're experiencing and now we have a the more maybe the more you could call them more personal planets on some level crossing over and conjoining in the similar area so um i'm thinking that the, that the bigger uh shifts that were initiated around that period of time there may be more action that's being taken on those themes as we get to this uh, Mars-Venus conjunction here. 
I um, love that. Like we've been given the tools we need to have our boots on the ground and just like applying it, doing it, not just being even theoretical about it, but applying the knowledge that uh, that North Node and Gemini just was so much thrown at us and now yeah. applying it, not just talking about it. Um, Tanya is here. Tanya Gerardo is here asking, does Neptune have any chariot protection in Pisces? Um, Tanya, I, I personally, I don't use the outer planets as sign rulers. Um, in modern astrology, they would use Neptune as, as a co-ruler of Pisces with Jupiter, um, Uranus as a co-ruler of Aquarius with Saturn, and Pluto as a co-ruler with Mars of uh, Scorpio. Um, in traditional astrology, we just use the seven visible planets. So I would say that that chariot um, energy is probably more related to the seven traditional planets than the outers. I, the way that I use the outer planets is more the, similar to the way that I use fixed stars. Sort of like I, I really focus on the, the conjunctions. Um, I focus on them being kind of their own um, disruptive energy m most of the time. And I do think that they are definitely um, tr transcendental in some way where they're, they speak a little bit more to collective needs. Um, but to answer your question, I, I, w I wouldn't necessarily think of uh, Jupiter, uh, Neptune having the chariot protection there. And it wouldn't, I, I don't think it would really need it, so, so to speak, right? I mean, because it's such a vast um, outer collective planet that we're not going to necessarily see it being harmed by the sun because it's it's outside of that orbit, you know, completely, um, metaphorically. So I hope that that answers that question. And um, thank you for everyone's suggestions for <laughs> for, for staying regular in the chat. <laughs> like, I, I want I did want to share this story, and I won't belabor this too much longer. But I thought it was important. Um, as I was meditating on this physical issue, and I am somebody who, who believes that a lot of our physical issues are connected with some emotional challenges. Um, I have a book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Do you remember that book? It's a really oh. great book. Classic, right? I was looking Classic. up. Classic. Everyone needs it in their library. <laughs> I was looking up uh, constipation after this experience, and I've been looking up various things. I thought I was like, "Oh, did I have a kidney stone or like a, an appendix? Did my appendix burst or something?" But nope, I'm fine. Uh, but constipation was talking about uh, holding on to the past and refusing to release old energy, and I was just meditating on. Um, I don't know, you know, we've been talking about our kids and I, I have a soon to be college age daughter. Um, I have an aging parent and all of those things. And I just wanted to reflect that um, maybe through that emotional holding on, it's like creating this blockage. And hopefully through this experience, it'll, it'll help move on. And if any of you are experiencing those types of issues, think about what's going on in your life, because I do think that there is there is some reflection in how we're feeling in that moment that could be creating uh, dis-ease within the body. Um, not to say that, that any of these things are necessarily our 
fault. That's not, that's not the angle I'm taking. It's just that seeing that there may be a connection with our emotions, what we're experiencing, and sometimes that can lead to a, a great sense of healing as well. Well, it, um, I agree <laughs> a thousand percent with everything you're saying. And also another, you know, something piece of wisdom that I brought from my Chinese medicine training was, you know, they, they don't look at the mind, the emotions and the physical body as separate. It's all one thing. So when they're treating you, they're not thinking, oh, well, this is a mental thing. It, it's all connected. And so of course, if we have a whatever, something within our mind, it's gonna have a physical out um, dropping. So, it, and it's, there's no judgment. That's a thing. There's no judgment in it. It's all connected. And if we can, you know, the mind, it, it's, it's actually easier to move. It doesn't have density the same way. So hopefully right. the body will. <laughs> I like that. That's a great point because, you know, when, we, when things manifest into physical reality, it is, there's a density to it. And your mind can be more flexible. And that's a great place to start that flexibility that could potentially lead to a breakthrough. And that uh, is a really great reflection for where we're coming to with this full moon. Now, I will be breaking down the full moon in depth with another guest. Uh, Mercurius George, a good friend of mine, is going to be joining me on March the 16th. So make sure you mark your calendar and join me for that. But we get a full moon in the third decan of Virgo, opposite the third decan Pisces sun. And this energy is, uh, the moon will be trying Pluto. Um, it, this Deccan really speaks to coming to terms with uh, impermanence and like that sometimes bodies will decay and the concept of, of entropy uh, and what, what are we going to pass on as our legacy to the next generation and what are we willing to sacrifice, which brings in the themes of Pisces 3, to bring and pass on something into um, the future? I, I, this actually brings a thought to mind, Shannon. One of the things that, that uh, people have been talking about with Vladimir Putin is that he seems to be thinking that his uh, he wants to leave a legacy of reuniting the Soviet Union or something of that nature. And as as misguided as that might be, that, that's sort of uh, prominent in his thought process. I'm just, it's just curious to me to see this full moon and, and thinking about where, uh, where his mind might be at. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And just, yeah, from... And that's not condoning his behavior. In fact, no, I, 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 I am very much against what is happening over there. But I think it's, it, it, it's important to understand where a person is coming from misguided or not yeah <laughs> and build out i think that that's important and that is but well, it's that's fascinating you bring that up through the lens of legacy yeah um but it let's hope by this because i'm yeah looking at this and it it is so um the moon she's on her own yeah she is on her own over there reflecting everything on the other side and she's because hosted it, by that funky Mercury too. Exactly. Right. And that, um, and thinking about that, what you were saying about the mind, going back to that, 
instead of letting Mercury, because if we're unconscious, just walking through our day, we might not, like we're subject to um, falsehoods, I guess you could say. Yeah. And just letting information come in where instead what we were talking about, the mind, you know, being like we can move our mind easier than we can move our bodies. That density aspect that utilizing a fl- like, does it get any more <laughs> like mm. subdued mercury and Pisces? Like it's the, the bottom where you can use that to try to erase certain ways that our mind may act. And then, you know, yeah, I think this is a great shut off, <laughs> shut off the brain type of energy yes, here. Exactly. Right? and not overthink things. Um, There's a lot of anxiety that can come with a a Virgo moon, a lot of worry. Um, Uh, All I think of is wringing hands. Yeah. (laughs) Well, pray for me at this full moon because this one's exactly conjoining my my Mars uh, at 27 or 28 Virgo. (laughs) So. Well, that's it. Like you build towards it and have, you give your notes like, how about we do this <laughs> right. or undo or I surrender to it? You exactly. know, you may have like the best, I would, I would, I would have a colonic that day. <laughs> really well. I wrote in my notes, <laughs> detoxification for this woman. So, so maybe this is, and we a place to go. It's like, yeah. he's the aspect. <laughs> I'm, I've been, I've been, you know, it's, it's very humbling this experience because all for, I, this has been bothering me for a, a couple of weeks and and i'm like oh my god am i do i have a kidney infection or like i don't know is it something super crazy and my partner was really worried about me and was like you need to go to the doctor and i'm i'm really not i'm getting to the age where i need to really get over this but i, I haven't been super thrilled about going to the doctor um because i've been sort of on the alternative herbal type of medicine kick and but I do think that we need like a checkup every once in a while. And Western medicine is good for like diagnosing problems and doing those types of things. Um, but it's it, it, having it come back and being like, oh, it's confirmed now, Spencer. You really are full of shit. <laughs> it's like the funniest thing ever to me. I've just been laughing about it. Um, because honestly, <laughs> best outcome for that kind of pain, honestly. But it's just it's 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 funny that the Taurus moon in me is still like laughs at poop jokes and stuff. So I, I'm sorry if we're belaboring it today. I just I, I, it's, it's sort of funny to me that that's going on. And um, so hopefully, yes, that this full moon that that it, we will there will be relief that that will come. I'm so um, happy you went to the doctor, Spencer. Well, that's half the battle, right? Knowing what's wrong with you is half the battle. That's right? it. Once clarity. It- that's it for me too. Once yeah. I know, I, as soon as I name it, I can erase it or yes. heal totally. it, whatever, totally. whatever that is. And I'll just say from my, from my healing journeys, it's been a perfect balance of both like Western medicine and alternative yeah. medicine. If I didn't have either one, not exaggerating, I would not be on this planet anymore. Yeah, one I agree. got me so far, and the other one took me the rest of the way, you know, and a, a few times. So it's, yeah, balance, right? That's another thing. One hundred percent, and and I'm, 
as I'm getting older, I'm having to release some of my stubbornness about feeling like I can do it all myself. Does that make sense? There's a humility that comes in with saying, oh, I'm not invincible. I do need some help every once in a while. And that, that's some of the wisdom of aging, I think, as well. Aging and then the what we share, having a Leo ascendant. Yeah. And trying to, yeah, I can do, I can will myself through anything. <laughs> Willing it, yes, exactly. And then yes. um, being humbled, like it just, humility is important to me. It's, 100%. Like for me anyways, it's always the answer. If I'm upset about something, you got to go into humility and then it's like, oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> All right, Shannon. We're uh, rounding the bend here and coming to, to home. Um, Rachel is saying the body is such a wonderful teacher and not one we could ignore. Uh, yes, thinking of it, uh, of finding it hard to let go of something. Um, and also it says that I, I do think we have to work with the physical and the emotional body. Working with one usually will affect the other. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, Tarya is complimenting the guests we have on this show. Thank you, Tarya. Uh, I agree. I, I thank you so much, Shannon, for being here. My guest today, I always love having conversations with people. I love talking things out and just getting to see other people's light shine as well as my own here. You know, it's so much fun to me. You're so good at that. <laughs> I try. Sharing is important. I think this is something that we I think that um, if I'm meditating on just the current social media environment, we feel like we have to be the loudest, most bombastic, you know, talking all the time type of person to just get any attention. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that when we, when we share our light, but also leave space for others to share theirs, I mean, that's when we're really, you know, cooking with gas on some level, you know? <laughs> I think that's that's my my approach to all of this, and um, it, it's really important for for us to leave space for for um, other viewpoints, other opinions, other perspectives. It's just really important. I think that's the reason that I do this and have guests on the show is is so that I don't get in my own echo chamber, and I have people that can push back and that can share their own viewpoint. Um, and help me to not get crystallized, you know, internally, physically, or, or mentally, or emotionally. And I think that that's, um, that's important. And yeah, Colette's saying energy exchange. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing. And I, I hope that we can get back to having conversations like that more often and hold space for that for one another. Well, that's a little of what I look at Venus, you know, because the North Node moved into Taurus and then she was still in the dungeon um, and not equipped to help us find that peace, which I think, not peace, yes, but just being able to have conversations and learn from each other, you know, that coming in. Well, <laughs> synergy, not yeah. to jump ahead, but that it's that, that we can work together. And that's what I think too. She's like, okay, let me take a look now as she moves into Aquarius and she still has to get through a square with Uranus. She still right. has to get past Saturn. Right. But then once she gets into Pisces, I, you know, that's another moment where 
maybe what we're looking at if we set intentions around. I'm looking you know. forward to that time. I'm yeah. looking forward to that time too. There's going to be a really interesting, you know, not looking too far ahead, but there's going to be a, a Venus Jupiter conjunction you oh. know, that I'm like, oh, that looks, that looks super, super nice. That in your calendar is electionally. <laughs> yeah. But, but yes, this time period of this full moon, we are having the, the squares between Venus and Mars and, and Uranus that are going to be happening, you know, one right after another. And that may shake things up a little bit. So there may be some shakeups at, at this full moon. There may be some things that, that uh, shake us out of our routines and out of our, uh, you know, maybe fixed positions. And sometimes that can be really healing. So uh, I agree. try to, try to navigate it with grace. Yep. Stress creates growth. 100%. Okay. So I'm going to stop my share here on the screen and let's talk a little bit about the I Ching and our animal kind of symbol that can help us uh, give us some guidance through these times here. So the, the animal that I got, Shannon, was the dog. That was really interesting and nice. I um, love the dog. So a lot of the things we've been talking about here, I, that some of the notes I wrote down, loyalty, protection, service, remaining faithful to your vision and your loved ones, unconditional love, which is a, something that comes up with Pisces a lot, right? Unconditional love. Trusting your sense of smell, which is related to the intuition. Um, and then appreciating your companions with gratitude. Like a dog is a pack animal and they very much need companionship. Um, so through these tough times, I think having gratitude for the people in your life is super important and not taking those things for granted, right? Letting, dog. letting little things go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, letting little things go. Do you have, do you have a dog, Shannon? Um, we have cats, you but have cats. I, I'm a cat, I, I'm a but cat I am a, I'm a cat and dog person. Yeah. I just, you know, honestly, we never, I haven't had a dog because of all my personal practice that I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't want to bark her, but I grew up, I had an Alaskan Malamute that was half wolf that lived to be 18, which wow. is a very That's long, pretty life. long for a big dog like that. And just, I still, you know, that loyalty that he had with us and protection, I still could cry, you know, yeah. <laughs> that dog energy, unreal. Yeah, it's, um, I, I sometimes go down YouTube rabbit holes with animal videos. I'm, I love animals. And the ones that get me are the ones where there's this <laughs> rescued dog that was like abused or like in a traumatic situation that through like the love of a new owner, you can see them transform into this happy, you know, beautiful spirit that's trusting again. And to me, that's always so hopeful because these dogs have experienced the worst of abuse in these situations, but they still like through trust and faith have been able to come out of that trauma and learn to love. And, and it was always there. It just needed to be cultivated once again do you know what i'm saying and that, that's what i love about dogs that is the most beautiful symbol for this cycle totally because we do have we have all the trauma happening um and still having that there's always a light you know in there somewhere and um and the loyalty part 
loyalty not for darkness but just it's just about unconditional love that's how i look at the loyalty yeah it's true no matter what that love is always there it's important important to remember in these times you know yes. so we have an eaching that we did uh for this as well uh i got the the hexagram number 30 which roughly translates to radiance uh synergy clarity uh, fire, like shedding light or enlightenment, um, and interdependence, which is what we've been talking about here. And it's moving to the hexagram innocence, which oh, I've explained on this channel a few times that innocence in the traditional Chinese way is not necessarily like the innocence of, of youth. It's more about releasing expectations, not thinking about uh, uh, having to do things a certain way it's about acting naturally and spontaneously and like embracing kind of the, the unexpected um, type of thing as well, right? Well, like be humble to it. Right. Surrender. Surrender to it. I like that. Two changing lines. The first changing line, number three, says, In the light of the setting sun, they either beat the pot and sing or loudly bewail the approach of old age, misfortune. So we've got the setting sun here. So something that we've been attached to is ending in this new moon. We see this, maybe this is the end of uh, inequality. Maybe this is the end of like a situation where we have, if I'm thinking about this globally, you know, on some level, maybe this is the beginning of, of a healing process, I hope. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's Like I said, it's hard to talk about, but maybe in our personal lives as well. Um, there's Even probably some having your head in the ground for some yeah. people. Right. Yeah. The, the end of ignoring the, our interconnectedness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, I like that. Um, and I think that being able to adapt to the new reality is important. Uh, aligning with the transition to find clarity. And then there's another line that says tears fall like heavy rain, sighing and le lamentation good fortune. So a lot of the times the I Ching will have these con almost contradictory methods or messages, but I like to read them from the bottom up. So this line three was first where we're maybe we are mourning the loss of something. But if we go through this process, this cleansing process where we where we mourn the loss of something, and then let that pain and that grief to, to begin the healing process, it's cathartic, right? There's a catharsis that we're healing with that. That's so beautiful. And I think that that is a part people want to skip over. Yes. And it, isn't, and it isn't healed. Yes. Yeah. You can't wish, wish away the, the, no. the, the tears, right? You got to go through that process and accept that there are some things that need to change. But I think eventually the, the I Ching seems to be suggesting that through going through the mourning process, through releasing the past, the change might be for the better. Um, this was something that, that specifically this translation that I like, uh, Jack M. Balkin, The Laws of Change, was was speaking towards. So I think that Pisces being a water sign, it, it, it requires you to go with the current, the flow. Um, you will just exhaust yourself if you try to go against the flow of the, of the divine uh, Tao, right? The, the natural forces. Nature is stronger. <laughs> Nature is always stronger. We've, Nature always wins. And we're going to learn that. It's not competition. It just no. is. <laughs> and we're going to learn that the hard way, or we are learning that the hard way right now. 
this was something the changing of the gods was talking about too was um the rights of nature and like building it in like a nature's bill of rights in these smaller communities that we're seeing a, across our the country um where they're saying hey you know this is an important uh organism you know that that deserves protection like right? literally right that's yeah. incredible someone has to do it you know <laughs> so yeah i hope i hope that we um are able to come back into alignment with the protecting natural forces and and Colette saying that we might be mourning the loss of millions of, of lives worldwide from from the coronavirus as well. I I think so. I think that it's easy to kind of forget that in the last two or three years here, we've gone through a, a huge traumatic uh, loss and a sense of change. And just like trying to just go back to normal without mourning that experience is a that's a recipe for you know carrying that trauma with us, you know, and, and having it turn into something darker, you know. And not learning from it, just trying to right. skip over it and wait for it to be done. It's like right. that's what I mean by the maturation process of humanity. We're at that point where we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like otherwise, the next thing that comes back will be. Uh, more stringent <laughs> and pointed. you know this this Indra's net thing really it really affected me when you know the the west coast recently was having forest fires because recently i was seeing this was maybe a year ago last summer when there was the huge fires in in uh california and in um oregon the the smoke from those fires was making the sun deep burnt orange in Michigan. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, so, so literally I could smell the fire in Michigan from the West Coast. Like it, I was like, it smells like it's burning. And so it was in the air. So that, that, that was a moment that, to me. Yeah, that's an epiphany moment. That's yeah. revelatory. So I think that learning about these interconnections and is is important at this period of time and surrendering to them and just embracing it and realizing that it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're connected, that we can, it can be a good thing. You know, we it's can- It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. There's more benefit than not. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, I think we did it, Shannon. I think we got through the, through the, <laughs> through the new moon, the full moon, and all of the different things that we have here. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wow. wonderful. It's a great talk sharing me with your with your group <laughs> thank, thank you. you everyone out there who's been participating in the chat this is a really great uh chat that we have here um thank you so much for all of your comments um, and contributions uh please do me a favor if you've been enjoying this please please hit that like button if you're not if you're new here please subscribe to the channel remember there's a decans of pisces webinar coming up on march the 12th uh, and there's a discount code uh, that you can use pisces 20 until March the 1st. Support Shannon uh, at moongathering.com. She's available for readings. She has a class coming up in the spring. Do you have an email list as well, Shannon? Yes, I do. Okay. Sign up for the newsletter when you're prompted to. I think it comes up. Sign up for the newsletter so you can <laughs> know when her class is coming. Sign up for my newsletter so you know my, my class is coming. And we both do readings. So if you if you need help in these challenging times, 
there are lots of folks out there like us that are, are more than happy to help you through uh, this, some of these transitions and um, hopefully give you some of the archetypal stories that can bring you a sense of peace and balance. All right. Um, looking in the chat here, I've heard of this proposed enshrining of the rights of nature in law, and we are sometimes guilty of ignoring our own rights and live in harmony with our vulnerable nature too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that when you treat nature like a, you know, with fairness and equality, it's much easier to treat human beings the same way. So yeah, Rachel, I think it's something that, that definitely to consider, um, and hopefully we will treat the planet with respect as well as one one another's sovereignty and, and humanity. All right, we we did it. We got through it. Thank you, friends. Thanks again for being here. Thank you, Shannon, so much. Uh, it's <laughs> so wonderful talking with you. And um, be sure to join me next week. It's not on the schedule yet, but I'm going to be doing a Jupiter Kazemi Q&A on Friday, uh, whatever the date is next Friday. What is the date next Friday? The 4th of March, I will be here doing a Q&A on the Jupiter Kazemi. So come celebrate Jupiter Kazemi with me or bring your questions, bring your astrology questions, and we will, we will uh, try to unpack all of that for you. All right, my friends, that's what I've got for you today. Remember, 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 be kind to one another and be kind to yourself and try to find that balance and that equilibrium and that peace, and then you can bring it out into the world. So uh, take care, everyone. We'll see you the next time. Peace.